waiting there long? <laughs> no, no, I literally just got on. Why? Okay. Late? Oh, we're, no, because no, I had it open and recording for like a little bit. And then oh, I really? sent it to you and then I got distracted and I was like, how long was I distracted? Because you were already here when I clicked back in. <laughs> I see. Well, I have a feeling I know what you were distracted about. And it is all things cloacas in Melanie's life. Melanie has started a movement. She has opened the floodgates to cloaca influencers everywhere. Uh <laughs> for those of you guys who missed our previous episode with None other than Rebecca Ross, author of <laughs> Divine Rivals. Melanie took it upon herself <laughs> to explain cloacas. And I I had no idea. Um, Melanie, do you want to give a little <laughs> recap of, <laughs> yes. of what this I mean, made? I will. Um, I will. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show, listeners. <laughs> I will indeed intro us today. We have the glorious uh, Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle. Say it again. One and only. <laughs> it is the Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle, coming October 31st. If you were not already aware, tattoo it on your heart. Um, but yes, uh, cloacas. <laughs> I have taken it upon myself to single-handedly bring cloaca awareness about into this ignorant society because I didn't know about cloacas and I felt like it was really important that we all were educated. So they are, if you are not already aware, snake buttholes. (laughs) Just the way you just said that. (laughs) They're also bird buttholes. So just basically, any bird. So yeah. any bird. Okay. Okay. It's Good to know. basically cloaca refers to the single, I think you called it vent on a chicken. It's one hole for everything. <laughs> just a one-stop shop. <laughs> it does it all. Um, and yeah, fun fact, I was chatting to our mamager, Jessica Para, and I was just like, you know, she always laughs about these kinds of animal stories. So I was like, tune in if you want to learn about cloacas. And then as an afterthought, I was like, you probably, I was like, then again, knowing you, you probably already know what they are. <laughs> and of course she knew what they were. And not <laughs> only did she know what they are, she graced me with her own cloaca story. <laughs> First of all, she told me that she sees that shit open on the daily for Ruperta. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, a she's parrot. got she's got a parrot. I didn't I didn't want to ask about the parrot because I wasn't sure if the parrot was still around because I know the parrot's old. She's still yeah. good. I, yeah, I mean her cloaca's still going, so I guess cloaca, she is. <laughs> okay, Rosita's cloaca is still working. It's Ruperta. Get it right, Montoya. (laughs) I knew it had an R. I knew it had an R, you know? Just rename the bird. I like Rosita, though. That can be your McCall. Roberta? Roberta. Was that? Ruperta. Ruperta. (laughs) Um, But she then proceeded to tell me that she saw it open on a massive boa constrictor in seventh grade. And this is in answer to your question, what is it yeah. like? Is it quite explosive? So I have an answer for you today. Thank you. Yes, I really want to know how snake <laughs> shit. I really so, want to know. 
she said the zoologist came and like it was a huge boa constrictor and she wanted the whole class to be able to hold it and she said she was on the end and she could see the opening open start to open and she ducked but she said it was like a hose of blood and bones shooting her classmate Josh, drenching him. The teacher immediately pushed him under the emergency shower in the science lab to wash him off. (laughs) Dude, Josh, I don't know if Josh has ever recovered from that. I don't know if Josh can recover from such a thing. Like you would have to just like leave school, just never come back. You would be, you'd be the shit, the shit, like you, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm stunned right now. I'm Poor stunned job. too, because you know what? I'm a bit of a bullshit artist. And when I told the story, I was like, mm, I didn't research this. What if I misinformed? And I also had that image of it being like very projectile, very explosive, like you thought from the story. But I was like, but I don't really know. Maybe I misinformed. But then, of course, Mama Japara come along to just like, no, no, the image in our heads was right. It just a hose of bones and fur and shit, whatever. <laughs> I, also have, I also have another cloaca fact for you. Okay. <laughs> this one is shocking. You're not ready for this one. I'm not. I'm, hold on. Hold on. I'm still recovering. Okay. From Josh. Okay. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still stuck on Josh. Like this poor kid. I know. So, you know. You know, Josh was so excited to see this boat. <laughs> and then in slow-mo, Para goes down and you're just, you're just sprayed. Yeah. With, with excrement. And <laughs> And bone, the part about there being bone that she remembers that from that age, that's yeah. like it must have been a lot. Oh God. Okay. Um, okay, give hit me with the next <laughs> I also just have to say, of course, Parasauric coming. She is not the seventh grader to get rained on by snake shit and bones. That shit would no. happen to me. She's ready. She's She's eye that clock is eyeing her off. She's eyeing it right back. She's yeah. like, I'm ready for you. And she just like matrix maneuvered her way out of it. And poor Josh poor got sucker punched in the face by a hail, a male storm of cloaca vomit. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow. Okay, the yeah. other fact that you're okay. not ready for. Oh God. When I tried to research a little bit. An article that I found quite shocking arose that informed me that, in fact, one in 50,000 humans are born with a cloaca. (laughs) Well, I mean, now that we're on the subject, Melanie, there's something I need to tell you. Uh, I can't breathe. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Let me think about, like... Let me think about this. I need to think about, <laughs> like, I need to wrap my head around. What is, like, what does that mean? I've got to, I've got to know. Yeah. Physically, what does this mean? Physically, it means the same thing as, like, for chickens, that they're born with all their. So just, what, we've just got one hole. 
they it's all merged into one. So obviously it's something that needs to be corrected. <laughs> okay, so we can fix we can fix the cloaca. Hole. It didn't sound good. I'm not gonna lie, but I also oh, just geez. thought one in fifty thousand sounds like one in fifty thousand too many, in my opinion. Yeah, like that sounds like a lot. That sounds like that's common. It feels like one in fifty thousand feels more common. <laughs> Like how, the he, the body is the weird, like, hold on. Let me just think about this for a second. Yeah. Like I've been walking around this many years of my life for <laughs> number one, number one. I didn't even know. I didn't even know a snake did this. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. But two, I'm walking around my life, just minding my own business. And I didn't know that maybe the person next to me <laughs> like has a cloaca. I did not. Like, how do you not know? Like, how does this not, how do we not know these? That's what I thought. How is it not common knowledge? But it must be something that is like maybe fatal is my guess. Or Oh, shit. I would say, yeah, I'd say in certain cases it's not good. Like if the, the all met, but then I don't know. It also made me think, you know how like evolutionary, what do they say? We came originally from fish or something and fish have cloacas. <laughs> fish, fish, they've got them too. They must. They've just got one whole, oh no, fish might have two. That could be fake news. Anyway, <laughs> ignore that part. Heaven forbid, Heaven forbid the fake news. Yeah. But I'm glad you had the same reaction as me because I also thought that's one in 50,000 too many more than I would hope would be born with a cloaca. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, I am, yeah. I'm rocked to my core. Mm-hmm. I am rocked. <laughs> I have to know I have to know about humans. Yeah. That'll be volume three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do more research about the humans born with cloacas, dear listener. Honestly, <laughs> I I am fascinated by this. Well, just like in a human standpoint, like I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Mm. I don't think she can wrap around it. Like, <laughs> figuring this up. There you go. Don't say that I don't have fun stories for you. I just was like, of course, Para has a story that like just so succinctly tops and explains everything that we said last episode. One hundred percent, and and the fact that it has to do with like shit. Like Para is, she's like the queen of shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I think that maybe an inside joke. Sorry, Par. I don't know if I just exposed you. Um, but yeah, she's like, she's the, just she would wear it. that crown with pride. Yeah, though. she would so. be like, yeah. But also uh, buy her book, Ruby Ramos' yeah. Recipe for Success, because that book is the shit. It's, it's still old. one of my favorite old. reads of all time. Like, and oh, I can- Melanie, that was good. That was that a good was segue. Good. Well, and also. Her um book cover for book two was just revealed. Yes. So the Quince Project, which I honestly am so freaking excited for that book. So very, mm. very excited for that one. Dang. Cloacas and Quinces on yeah. the show. But um, moving along, how are you, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still recovering from what we just spoke about, but I'm yeah. doing good. <laughs> I like I I said when we were talking with Mackenzie, who's just fabulous. Like mm. I think I was in my house too much today, and working on my second book too much today. I feel a little like loopy in the brain. Like I'm just feeling like a little up here, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do, I feel good. I feel good. I'm today was a nice day. I got a lot done. So I feel good. Like, um, I don't know if it was just like chatting about debut and, Mm. um, kind of like my nerves about it and remembering it's okay. And like, just to celebrate, but it's really honestly, like I feel so much peace and excitement for it. Um, so I feel really, really good. Like, I think just not taking anything too seriously is Mm. really helping. And then I was, you know, starting to fixate and get nervous about traveling. Um, so I, so I went and I bought myself like a, a bag for my things and it somehow just helped because I was like okay I've got I got this thing I can do about I can control what I pack yeah so um I don't know I'm just like doing these weird little things to ease my brain Mm. and um and it's helping so yes that's smart and yeah that's like don't underestimate the power of those little things that's like I said to you last week like I tend to dress up more than like like I at home I'm like most days in t-shirt and sweats but like I tend to dress up if I'm gonna do something because those little things they all add to like yeah that to make you feel kind of like I've got this I'm a baddie like I feel baddie and sometimes a, a new piece of luggage and like starting to pack early, it's going to make you feel like you're ready because you've got this outfit, you know, you look hot in, you've got this cream that you know that like when you put it on, you feel great. All those little things, each one kind of adds to, to the whole thing. And then you don't feel so like, uh, anxious about not having, not being prepared or something. So yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're building your, your bad bitch arsenal. You know, I'm just, I'm preparing. Yes. I'm excited for you to go on your adventure. I think it's going to be glorious. And I think because you've been grinding for so hard for so long, that's a hard one piece that you're feeling now. That's like, I feel like plenty of, you know what I mean? Like you have fucking worked to have that piece. Like peace doesn't always, peace isn't something that comes easily a lot of the time peace is something we have to fight for sometimes right yeah and I think you've been doing that for years now and so yeah I'd say lean into that feeling trust that feeling and let it carry you through because you're fabulous and it's your time to be acknowledged for that well thank you yes my time is now (laughs) it's time I have no choice in the matter. (laughs) The time has come. The time Uh, has come to lip sync for the crown. (laughs) Oh, are you? Okay, so you're watching UK, Drag Race UK. Is it out? Yes. You don't know how to find it in the States. If anybody listening knows how to tell, like, tell me how to find it in the States. Because I just get yourself stand for the month or something. Just do the free trial. It's on stand, isn't it? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I'm watching it. I thought that was the problem that you don't have Stan and you didn't want to. No, I don't have Stan. No, because you were like, I don't know, isn't it? And I said, I don't know. You tell me. It's time. It's Stan. Time. Yeah, but how are you? Besides um, looking good, how are you, feeling? you? I'm feeling much better. Like, I'm mostly pretty much over my flu. It's just like the tiredness now, but like, honestly my heart my little rider heart is very warm and fuzzy today I was 
for two reasons. I was actually originally distracted, not by cloacas. I was distracted because I just sent my little, because I finished writing my little anthology piece and um, sent it off to Katya. And her she, just before we got on to record, I saw it pop up and she had just written, oh, she's replying now and I'm getting distracted. But she her reaction was just read it, like, read, that, what did she say? Tell us live. All in caps. Melanie just finished reading Severed Cape. Holy shit, damn woman. What the fuck? Ah! (laughs) And I just, that's for me the best reaction you can get from friends. Like, I'm assuming she liked it based on that. I haven't read the rest. I would think so. (laughs) I would think so. Oh my God. That's got to, you've got to feel good right now. I feel good because, like, I've never written anything like this. And, and like I it's like kind of scary to show something like that to people because yeah like there's it's really gory and it's very dark and I also didn't try too hard to follow all the writing rules that have been jammed into my head I kind of just let myself be creative as Mm. I wrote it so it maybe breaks some rules that usually I would I don't think I ever fully Although I tend not to fully describe my characters, I like readers to kind of picture what they want with limited. I like to give the reader like she had green hair, whatever, but I don't like to explain too hard because people often start to, people are really creative themselves and they usually have an image in their head as well. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I think you, like you'll read a description and then your brain just goes however you want to anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for this, I definitely like left some of those because uh, it's not my instinct to over uh, explain characters in that way. So I let myself this time not like Ooh. properly. And there's scenes where I just, yeah, did a few things and I feel really proud. And like that reaction kind of like made me want to, I don't know. I'd say cry, but I kind of felt like just doing a happy jig and I don't know, there's just been a lot of little affirming things for me this week. And then I have to just like shout out our amazing friend Inez Lozano because she was just like, she's just such good people. And like, you know, sometimes you have a gut instinct about someone and you're like, oh, we're so similar. Like Mm. you like, you kind of on social media, you can't always keep up with everyone. So sometimes it takes a long time to make a proper connection with someone. Yeah. And yeah, she's been such a huge support of the pod over the years. And recently we've kind of gotten closer. And just the other day, she she always reposts our stuff like a little legend, you know, like, and yeah. I just said, I was feeling a bit emo at the time. And I just said, Oh, the initial comment was just like, you're such a legend. Thanks so much for reposting. And she was just like, oh, well, you know, you girls always like giving so much inspo and like making, like giving good feels. And like, she's like, I love to like share or whatever. And I was just like, cause I was in my feels that day. I was like, OMG. I was like, yeah, like lately I'm trying to really affirm the people who verbalize that stuff because it is rare and I think we need it so much to keep us like sane and and like inspired in this industry that like people want to hear and read and see what we're doing you know yeah and yeah she actually she was just like I guess 
because I was like, oh, sometimes I wonder like, why, why the heck am I doing this? Like, uh, is anyone like listening, reading, watching, whatever? And she was just like, but I was kind of set it off handily, but she was like, oh, she's like, actually, she's like, I hope it's not like an overshare or whatever, but she's like, I was meaning to say to you since the other episode where you chat about, you know, the dream agent that had let me down after a long time. And yeah, she shared how when she was querying, she had this dream agent and like they followed her and they were like, she had subbed to them and they were like, oh, um, they tweeted like when something just perfect comes into your inbox but it isn't quite ready yet and she became convinced that that tweet was about her and then she kind of set about over the years like trying to like like mentally having that agent be like the goal Mm -hmm. and kept subbing to them and whatever and then I think with her latest book where she did get an agent so like you know, it was kind of like her guiding voice, like, will this agent even like this? Does this fit their list anymore? Whatever. And so with, with one book that I guess this one that she got her agent, she had subbed and they had held on to it for like seven months or something, you know, and this is back when things were moving quicker. And then she got the call from her actual agent. And she's like, I knew when I had that call with her, that it was different and that after all this time my dream agent was just that a dream she's like she was actually like dreading kind of having to let the other agent down after all these years of querying her because she knew this one was the one but then the other agent rejected her anyway after seven months Mm. like it was nothing and I because I'm like yeah I wanted to read this message that she said after she said I realize now she wasn't my dream agent. She was just the motivation I needed to keep going. I think I might've given up a long time ago had I not always thought she was waiting for me. Wow. Yeah. So I've been like, it It really moved me and it's something that I can really resonate with because yeah, sometimes those rejections are so hard. The ones we wait for, for ages. There's been a few like that for me, like, um, Remember those editors I submitted to after Pitch Wars? I yeah, pitched yeah, to them. Yeah. They, like, oh, Man, I was so broke at the time. I like used my last $400 of royalties to pitch to these two massive Aussie editors face-to-face over Zoom. And like they loved me. They seemed to love my pitch. I was like, shit, this is, they're going to pick up my Pitch Wars book. And I waited a year to hear back from one of them and one never replied. And mm. they, I had mixed feelings about that at the time. Because, yeah, it it was devastating to wait that long to think somebody wants you only to hear nothing and to hear no. But actually looking back, Inez is so right, and I'm so grateful to her for sharing that because sometimes when you're left with your own thoughts, it becomes toxic. But it reminded me, like, yeah, stuff like that, as shit as it was, I don't know if I would have had it in me to keep writing at that point after how shit pitch wars went for me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, yeah, I was really like moved and floored by her sharing that. And it just reminded me like how the power of us all sharing our stories and our journeys is like 
a big part of this community and it it surprised me as well because I tend to be the one who will always say the positive encouraging stuff and it was just moving to me that like some like one of our listeners one of our community was like hang on I'm watching you too don't give up keep going here's my stories sounds like yours so Mm. I just have to thank that legend because yeah she's such a a bright light to me in this space so anyway that was a long a long (laughs) no but it was beautiful and and really truly Ines is one of those beautiful souls and um and I think of like Devana too uh Devana map like there's certain people that just are always encouraging you in Mm. some other way or like you know boosting you and it it really and truly is so special and so I think of that like even for myself of like oh I need to get better at boosting others because I know how amazing it feels when someone just reposts your stuff or you know hits a like or writes something hold on uh, you are that though I'm not gonna let you say you're not good at that you are such a lie and you are so inspirational to so many including me so please I like no this is not a case of you need to do more (laughs) you are shining so bright my friend to so many people so you just keep doing what you're doing okay well I appreciate that Phil a little bit right it's now. true though it's true though well, I mean it's honestly and I think I like I I do always feel like I could do better but like um but but really our the community is so beautiful because there are moments where you do feel like giving up because it is really hard yeah and um like you said after pitch wars was rough but like you have these little things that you're like grasping for. And so it keeps you working because you're like, okay, if I can just get to them and it might not ever get to them, but you've been working yeah, and it'll take you on a different path and a better path. Like I think of my dream agent Mm. and I, I had the same thing. Like I was like, oh, like when I first started writing, I queried um, my really bad book and they asked (laughs) for the like 50 pages. And I thought, oh, you know, like I wasn't getting anything, but they asked for 50 pages. And after that, I was like, clearly this is it. <laughs> and so everything I would do, I was like, I'll submit, even though it wasn't necessarily projects they'd be looking for. Um, but it is <laughs> that motivating thing. It is. Yeah. And, um, but I'm also like glad that I, it didn't turn out that way. And then I found Larissa and then we, found the imprint I'm with and you know so it's like those dream agents are great because they're motivating but they don't have to ever become anything because as long as you are putting in the work it's beautiful it's that's it Mm. so I love oh I loved it so much and yeah like because I do think as right like you said I think we all have a story of like agents we've fixated on and you're like it has to be them or like, not even it has to be them, but like, there'll be a group and you're just like, I know it's these people. And especially if they show interest in you, in your career as a person, whatever, follow you, like what you do. And, but like, yeah, I think in, there's hard parts about that, but yeah, like there really is a, some of these long requests, I think 
are the reason I've been able to continue to write the way I have because you're like such and such has my full such and such is holding on to it for six seven eight months they must love it you know what chances are they did but realistically like at a point they have to make a decision and whatever they can't take them all on but yeah those are good markers they are still good markers and and yeah I think the more we talk about that stuff I think for the people who who really want to do this and it's like we talked about with Mackenzie I think like some of us just have these stories bubbling up inside of us and even if you're like eh maybe writing wasn't for me but like you still have all these stories anyway they just don't stop so I think yeah just if you feel that just keep going and you know little doors will open big doors will open and you just never know when but I'm just yeah yeah, I feel very grateful and very uplifted by my community I'm now I'm getting emotional (laughs) I'm very grateful to my community this last couple weeks so and you're you're included in that legit gone now (laughs) I just had some emo days and I didn't expect my community to like sweep up and and be like hey we've got you keep going (laughs) my period it's just real it's real emotion so thank you all (laughs) it's hard this thing is hard and it's like Mackenzie said at every stage getting an agent isn't a guarantee of anything. Like, like she said, she, you know, her, her book didn't sell after getting an agent. And like, there's so many points where this thing is so hard and I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful to have found the community that like, uh, is so supportive. It's so beyond what I found originally where you have that kind of closed lack mindset that I think we both encountered at the start so mm-hmm. yes no I mean you're making me cry. Just, <laughs> just seeing you cry makes me cry because it's like like I know you bust your ass and you know you deserve the world and all the support oh God, just you can make me go again I don't, I don't, I'm sorry thank you for seeing me <laughs> I love you uh, we were there today with our feels. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just get this. If I had cloaca eyes, I would just. <laughs> wow, that's my next horror anthology. Cloaca <laughs> eyes. That is a thing of true horrors. It would fit right in with what I've just written, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank you to the, for the Inezes, the Devonas, the Jills. There's so many of you out there who just like, yeah, keep us. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Melanie's throwing gang signs over here. <laughs> no, but it's. <laughs> no but honestly it's the truth like yeah I think of like it's exciting that I have a book coming out but the truth of the matter is like the friends that I've made along the way and like this podcast yeah and I feel like that is the win you know like yeah I've obviously the book is really exciting but this community is the win and it's like and I feel like it's not just like my book it's everybody's book like we're all here doing it I feel like that (laughs) I feel like that I'm a proud mama duck about your book I'm just like screaming it from the rooftops and yeah 
it's we're very lucky to have found this community and these yeah this yeah. creative I saw this post this is kind of left field now but like I think it's world mental health day oh yeah and I saw do you know that Megan Crab chick the body posy chick no she, she posts okay. a lot of body positivity stuff and and she just posted this week and she was just like something about how I think her partner had said to her, the most surprising thing about you is that you have depression. Most people, like that was the quote, most people wouldn't know how hard you fight to stay here. And it kind of made me like ponder on like my own mental health journey and just kind of like being online and stuff and just thinking to myself like, damn, like those are the people, those are the people that really hit my heart because I'm like that the ones who like smile the hardest, who cheer the hardest. And we all like fighting stuff, but like the ones who like kind, do you know what I'm talking about? There are people in this community and see a lot of people take it at face face value that the people who smile and sing and dance the most are the happiest. I never take that for face value. I feel like those who smile, who joke the hardest, who sing the loudest, they're the ones who have had the real darkness. They're the ones who fight every day. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Just apparently all in my feels today. <laughs> but- I was like, um, are you are you calling me out right now? Or what is that's, this? I felt called out no. by the post yeah. as well, because yeah. that's me to a T. And I th- I guess that was my, I, being mental health, World Mental Health Day, I wanted that to be my love letter as well today, that like, that's the other thing I love about the community so much. I feel seen in that way by my good friends in this community, like that I'm able, cause it's both. I am that too, the loud out, like I can be loud. I can be silly and outgoing, but yeah, like, you know, I think uh, a lot of us creatives who are here, like we have another side that's like oof, heavy as well. And yeah. it's probably why we're able to write so many stories because yeah, I'm sorry. I'm very ranty today, apparently. <laughs> no, no. But we have to write those stories and get it yeah. out and kind of like breathe our own like traumas and experiences yeah. onto the page and like watch our characters fight through them and win. You know, I think that's or not or whatever it is, depending yeah. on the genre you're writing. But um, but, you know, I think that's why writers are so special, because it's like you're just cutting your heart out and putting it on the page. Um, but speaking of amazing writers and just putting it all on the page, we have such a great, fun guest, uh, Mackenzie Reed. I'll just go ahead and read her bio before we get her on. Um, Mackenzie Reed is the author of young adult fiction, including her debut thriller, The Rosewood Hunt. She cultivated her love of storytelling at Nazareth College, where she graduated with a BA in communication and media and shifted her focus from songwriting to novel writing. A native and resident of Rochester, New York, she loves going for brainstorming walks when the weather's behaving and spending time with her family. In the sparse moments she's not writing or daydreaming. (laughs) Sparse? Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. (laughs) I just saw your face panicking. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I read? Do I know how to read? Uh, In the sparse moments where she's not writing or daydreaming about her next book, she's usually wringing her eyeliner. Winging. Okay, let me try this line. (laughs) This this line's getting me. Did you good at the beginning 
And then my brain said, no. <laughs> In sparse moments, she's not writing or daydreaming about her next book. She's usually winging her eyeliner and hunting for the best slice of pizza in town. Let's get on <laughs> Mackenzie Reed. Hello. Hello. Oh, your hair looks amazing. Thanks. I just like wet it. I was like, oh, we gotta get going. <laughs> yeah. Well, Melanie over in Australia, I you just had a daylight savings, right, Melanie? So she was a little frazzled on her timing today, which normally she's really good about. Not no, to you. <laughs> <laughs> wrote 11 for the Australian on the on the list it said 11 for the australian but that's oh okay i apologize oh. it was me it was me it's okay i literally only had to figure out the 3 hour distance between between like pst to est and i was stressed i was like do i like email them just to make sure <laughs> so <laughs> time zones are tricky it's hard yeah, for real. yeah i just got like sent a like a flight itinerary and i had to text a friend and like is this Pacific Standard Time or is this Eastern Standard Time? And she was like tracking things and like counting the hours. And she's like, okay, I think this is what's happening. So I was like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> don't let me travel. Right. <laughs> well, it's just well, not fair when they do daylight savings at two different times, I think. Because ours changed a couple weeks ago. And I think yours changed just now, I guess. No, not yet. Not yet. No. And then we have it weird because like Arizona doesn't do it. So. I don't know. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> when you say it, it's kind of funny, like one state just decided, nah, we're good. Like we're just, you know, gonna I guess. <laughs> it's well, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure Thank to have you. you on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. Honestly, it's been really, really fun watching your journey. Um, and, and it's cool because we pub on the same day. So we're both Halloween babies. Yes. And so it's been really cool just watching you build momentum and, you know, boost your book and just get the work done. So um, I'm just excited for you and all that's to come. And I Likewise, I love watching you too. It's <laughs> nice to have like buddies in it. I'm like, like you posted that it's three weeks today. And I was like, oh, it's three weeks today, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep each other on track. Yeah. I had to double check because someone was like, oh, it's two weeks. And I was like, oh. And so I like literally went and like was counting days. I was like, no, not yet. Hold on. But yeah, no, it's really fun. Um, Before we really get in, I want to ask how is book two going? Because that's been another journey. I have been on my hand, like on my hands and knees, (laughs) watching. uh, We finished book two, right? You finished drafting in one month. As of 1.30 in the morning on Friday slash Saturday, I finished technically 36 days. It would have been a month if I stayed on track word count wise, but I mean, do I ever? Absolutely not. Wow. Congratulations. So, That's tough. You, you yeah, did it. It's been such a journey um, with this book, but it's funny. I feel like you probably saw with my videos there were some days where I was just like I don't like this book I don't know what I'm doing and then toward the end I was like this is the best book ever (laughs) so I'm just glad it's out of my hands for now and I'm happy to focus on the rosewood hunt so I felt guilty I was like I feel like I'm betraying my love well it's hard (laughs) I mean you were like in the thick of promo and doing that so it's like uh, it's 
a complicated task to be. Yes, yes. Quite the juggling endeavor. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I hope you celebrated yourself uh, because you deserve bit. Yeah. Thank good. you. Thank you. Can I ask a random question? Because it's on my brain now after you said that. It's not on our list, but it's something I mull about quite a bit lately. You said that there were like times when you like weren't really in love with this book. How did you manage that? Like, and how did you find, because um, there's times you've got to let go of a project, right? And start something new. And there's times you feel that really hard, but you have to fight for mm-hmm. the project. How did you find that and manage that during that? So this project has been so interesting because it's book two and it is contracted. So part of it was me being literally like, I have to write this book. (laughs) Um, But the other part was I like am like a magic cookie scene person. So even when I felt like things weren't working, I would just like have certain scenes. And for me, it's usually like romance scenes. Like I know I write thrillers, but I love romance. Um. And I would just be like, okay, if I can just like figure out what's going on and get to this point, like Mm -hmm. I just sometimes trust myself. I've learned to trust myself that we can turn it into something that I will feel, you know, good about later on. So I think some of it's trust, some of it's pushing through, some of it is the fear of God in me that I'm on a super tight deadline and that I just, there's like no room for low morale to get too low. Um, And then the other part is, you know, I love the Rosewood Hunt so much. And for me, it is such like a rare book in what it is. But also being my first book, I almost need to like beat down my own terror that it's going to be like the best book I ever wrote or the even not even the best, but the book I love most. I have to just trust that like I have so many more stories in me. Like I will love more books in the same or different ways. So I'm hoping I think we'll get there with this next one. Like I said, I'm feeling better. Oh, well, that's good. And I think it's so hard too in like your writing that second or third or any book. It's like when you first start the draft, it's so messy and and it, it can never be at that same like clean and beautifulness of the Rosewood Hunt because she's already done. Right, like, right. You know, so it's that hard like mentally reminding yourself like we will get there eventually, but the Rosewood Hunt has had many a draft around, mm-hmm. right? Right. And many minds like went into it too. So, you know, with this book, it was a little different because the minds were going into it very much beforehand versus after I draft. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, I'm a plotter, but like I'm a discovery drafter too. Um, So it was just like a different process too to get used to, but I'm hoping I'm, I'm like, all right, I did it this time. You know, you can do it again. So we'll just keep the ball rolling. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think it's just something that like we all go through, you know, and it's just literally stubbornly telling ourselves, I will love this project. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you just need to lie, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes to my friends, I would be like, yeah, this scene was great. And inside I'm like, I don't know what I even wrote. I think I blacked out. And <laughs> But, you know. Uh, I love that in our Delulu hours yes we'll live in that that's our era we're in our Delulu era yes did you always know you wanted to be a writer so not quite as far as novels go um Mm -hmm. from a really I've always been like very into storytelling like my mom will say 
when I was little, I'd be in the backseat of the car in my little, you know, car seat. And I would just be like singing songs and like making stories and like rambling about like the things I saw out the window. And that kind of transcended through my whole youth. And I would um, play guitar and write songs. And I wrote a lot of songs. And then I even tried to go to college for it. And then it kind of didn't work out. And I ended up switching majors. And it turned out like kind of letting go of wanting to pursue songwriting specifically was what made room for me to, I had started writing a book in high school and it just kept going like throughout all of college. (laughs) And then in college, I kind of buckled down about it. And I was like, no, we're going to write this book. The book turned into a trilogy and I wrote the whole trilogy and it was fantasy. And my parents were like, what, like, what are you doing with it? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And then that's kind of where I was like, okay, I think I want to be an author. Like I knew I wanted to be an author before then, but you know, I hadn't really learned about traditional publishing at all. So that's when I started like really diving in Mm -hmm. to dive into. Yeah. And what was your querying and submission journey like? So for querying, I queried the first book of that trilogy. I didn't know how it worked, obviously. And I talk about it a lot on TikTok. I was like, great, I have this whole trilogy. I'm going to get snatched up. Like, I did all the work already. And then you find out that they only want to see the first book. It absolutely was not polished as much as it should have been. I definitely just, like, had the most haphazard plot because I remember writing the book and I got to what I thought was going to be the end of it, and it was, like, 30,000 words, (laughs) and then I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just keep writing, and then it turned into, like, 100,000 words, which seems to be my theme. Um, So I queried that book very widely, um, probably a little too widely, (laughs) and then I decided, like, I'm going to just write something different. Obviously, I was kind of upset that I felt like at the time I felt like all that time was wasted because I wrote, you know, the whole thing. But looking back, I'm honestly so glad I did. Like, I think with each book, even looking back when I read them, each book I grew and I don't think any word written is ever wasted. And then in the meantime, I had read One of Us is Lying because I'd always been like a very firmly like fantasy girly. But I read One of Us is Lying, which is a young adult thriller, and I just remember being like, I love this book, and I just want to read more of these books, and I want to write them. And then I wrote my first young adult thriller, and that book went on to get me into Revise and Resubmit, which was one of the rare mentorship programs that is actually still going. And then I connected with my agent via that program, and I still had to query, um, so I still queried, but yeah. Um, I ended up getting agented with that book, but then we went on sub with that book and it still didn't sell, obviously. Um, and that was really hard. I just remember at the time, like, you know, I think you think like, if you get an agent, like you're done. Um, and I wasn't, but in the meantime, I wrote another book, which actually in a roundabout way kind of ties into my next, my book too, I just wrote, but still detached. And then I wrote The Rosewood Hunt. And I remember I was taking all that like feedback from editors who were reading my first book because they were like, we really like it, but we like don't know where to put it. It was a little bit too genre blendy. Um, And I just was like, okay, I'm going to write a book they can't refuse. They'll know where to put it. And 
I'll know how to market it. That was the other thing with my first book. It was a little harder to nail down. And sure enough, it was the book. Wow. That's a, what a journey. I mean, that is really, really like inspiring though. It's because it's true. You think, okay, get the agent. Life is good. We're done, but it's not, there's still so much work to it. And you just never know how submission is going to go. And, um, I really like that what you were saying, like I had a specific idea, like genre wise, marketing wise, mm-hmm. uh, to, like really have a pitch. I, I think it's so, it's interesting because like I've noticed with Sinner's Isle, it's fun and I'm like, oh yeah, witches and pirates and people, you know, are excited. Mm-hmm. But with my second book, when I pitch it, cause now I'm have that mindset and people are like, oh, that's really, really fun. I'm like, oh, okay. I should have done that before. Maybe. Right. <laughs> it's so hard it's I feel like it's so easy to just you know we write the books we love and then we always hope somebody loves it too but figuring out how to pull like what little like tendrils can tease the audience and or like make it go viral I feel like I still struggle with that so it's and of course it shouldn't all be about that but you know like I said, I ended up majoring more in like marketing communication. So yeah. I naturally tend to think that way. Oh, you're okay. great at it. Now, I want to quickly go back because you mentioned a mentorship that's still going on, right? To my knowledge. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Cause we, uh, Mel and I were part of Pitch Wars, obviously. Oh, okay. yeah. And then I also did author mentor match you know, and that one's not around it either way. So I'm always like searching and hoping that there's more because they really do like change you as a writer. And help you. You. Yeah. yeah. And for me, what was so like monumental, and I think this wouldn't have like gotten nailed into my head until I did revise and resubmit is I used to just write, like, like I said, I have cookie scenes and I used to just write all of them <laughs> and didn't, it, they didn't matter to the book. They didn't matter to the plot. And I just remember my editor, um, and that being, it's, it's a little different. Those are like freelance editors. Um, and I remember her being like, well, if you're going to include a scene, like it has to like matter and it should always be moving things forward. And I learned a lot more, I think when it comes to like structure and craft through, mm-hmm revise and resubmit that I could have learned on my own because I just, you know, I would read books and it just wasn't clicking. Mm. And I, I can't stop thinking like what you said before about like coming back to like re-inspiring yourself about work and even like this whole branding thing. I think it's all a similar mindset of like trusting your ability to like learn and go with the story and spin it from a new direction and I yeah I'm really fascinated by this idea it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because yeah sometimes Mm -hmm. you can let go of like a vision you had before that you felt like was really cool and embrace a new vision even though it can feel scary but it can wind up being better right yeah Yeah, definitely and I feel like that was kind of how the Rosewood Hunt went because the original vision was there actually used to be like a curse in it. So I guess it was a little fantasy-esque. Um, and I remember my agent and that was a big, big part of it. And I remember my agent just being like, I don't think you need a curse. Like there's a lot going on here. And I was like, I don't really know what this book is without a curse. And I mean, obviously we figured it out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's the art of the pivot, which I really 
it's such a big, it's so important, I think, especially in publishing, because you're going to get an editor or an agent who's going to chime in with ideas and, you know, the art of the pivot is big. Oh yeah, definitely. And trust me, I learned that with book two. <laughs> definitely had several pivots, but it was fun. Well, good. Hey, it's all a learning experience. And obviously yeah. you are doing the thing. I'm so excited for the Rosewood Hunt. Can you tell our listeners what it's about? Yes, of course. <laughs> so it's a young adult thriller mystery in a fictional town called Rosetown, Massachusetts. And the town is founded by the Rosewoods, which is a very famous like matriarchal family. And they own a luxury coat business. So the story focuses around Lily Rosewood, who's the granddaughter, um, the eldest granddaughter, and technically like the heir to the business. So all she wants to do pretty much is like make her grandmother proud. But when her grandmother suddenly passes away, she naturally kind of thinks she's going to inherit things like between her and her, you know, the rest of her family. Um, But it turns out everything goes missing, like the fortune disappears and everything is said to be determined at a later date. And she discovers that her gram left her a coded clue, which leads her to reuniting with her gram's insufferable yard boy, who she has some skeletons in the closet with. And she really never wanted to talk to him again. And two other teens. And it's like the worst group project ever, but they need to follow these clues around their little seaside town and in the hopes of finding the missing missing fortune. But as they're hunting it down, news of the fortune goes viral and somebody starts hunting them. So it becomes a lot more than they bargained for. And it was already a lot, like, (laughs) to begin with. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it sounds freaking incredible. It sounds (laughs) like, yeah, like threads of a lot of things I love. Mystery, magical thing. Uh, All the good things. A little, you know a little touch (laughs) (laughs) well I want to ask what inspired you to write this story a few things I like I really stumbled upon my love of found family books I think I think it was first probably ignited with six of crows because that is like pinnacle found family um but then the show outer banks and that was the first thing that also reignited my love of like are you an outer banks fan too i loved i i was an unexpected like super fan girl i didn't took me by surprise i was like eh it looks a little bit like a little bit wanky but i'll give it a go yeah. and then i was like what i was so controlled so I love that show so much and like so viscerally I was like I just need more and um and then on top of that it was the pandemic so that also kind of bought bought into the found family side because I was you know lonely like so many others and there was so much grief around and I just really wanted a story that felt like home and family and you know finding friends in unlikely places because I also graduated um in 2020 which was a really weird time to graduate and like a lot of my friendships just ended like people moved home we didn't have a graduation ceremony and I just never heard from them again and it was you know really weird and sad I'm okay but sad when you say it out loud and I would go on a lot of walks and I would pass a rose garden and I would just kind of start like building this town in my head that was 
Um, even though I write contemporary, I tend to create fictional settings that I like to feel a little otherworldly. Like, you know, they could totally exist. Um, but I just like having that like little dash of whimsy. And yeah, that kind of was the bloom of the story. And then one other thing about it was there were a lot of things coming out where um, like fortune was bestowed upon somebody like in like Knives Out or the Inheritance Games, which were both inspirations. And I kind of was like, that was my grandparent who died. I'd be on that. Like I'd be looking for that fortune for myself. <laughs> so that kind of made me inspired to make it from Lily's point of view. Oh man, that is really, really fun, honestly. And I love that media, you know, TV, movies inspired you. I saw... And I saw it circulating, I think, I don't know if it was on X or what, but it was this picture and it was a kid, you know, in front of a TV and it was just like, a just blank, just, he wasn't learning or exploring, you know, it was just like a blank box. And then it was a kid reading a book and it was like all of these like exciting things, you know, like aliens. It's just like his imagination was exploding. But right. a lot of people were like, well, no we learn so much from media like movies and right. TV and manga, like all these things all play a part. Like it's not just books are elite. We learn and bleed all from an, each other and get inspired. And so I love that movies inspired you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. Cause sometimes if I'm like burnt out, I can't read either. <laughs> I also am such a slow reader. Like as I, I used to think it was just like, me being young, as as I get older, I'm like, I can't read. Like, I'm just so slow <laughs> sometimes. So, you know, I love like listening to audiobooks, movies, shows, all of it, just mm. wrap it together to help paint pictures for me. Yes. I feel very seen by this conversation. Like I've been, I think I've been feeling really guilty about how little I read at the moment, but like when you're writing so much and then doing a podcast and like, yeah, a hundred percent, Angela, I agree. Like it's it, it's almost like stigmatized like it's some evil to be inspired by movies and anime and whatever like as if we should only be reading to have creative minds but I 100% agree when I'm feeling like burnt out from staring at words on the page the mm -hmm. last thing I want to do is stare at words on a page even if it's in a beautiful book so right. yeah right. I actually just was talking to a parent the other day and she was like, yeah, like my daughter has been reading graphic novels a lot and I keep telling her that's not reading. And I was like, yes, it is. Like I said it like right in front of the daughter and she was like, yeah, see, I'm like, yeah, it's totally reading. It counts. Like, don't make me fight your mom in front yeah, of the like, I'm not going to fight your mom in this Walmart. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I will if I have to, but <laughs> we're going to throw down right now about these graphic novels because it is reading, damn it. <laughs> right. I love that. Well, okay. I see our next question is not as fun as fighting at Walmart, <laughs> but what has been the hardest part of your journey so far? I think we kind of touched on it earlier, but I do think it's like the transition from the Rosewood Hunt to writing something else. And I wrote like a lot of different books after that book and I never finished them. I would, and I would get far. I have one book where I'm like in the fourth act, like probably 65,000 words in, and I just stopped writing it because I was like, I know this isn't the right book. And I would do that with another book and be like, I know this isn't the right book. 
or I would, you know, write it, pitch it to my editor. And then, you know, that wasn't the right book to them. And, you know, it was a lot of like, again, using like a collaborative nature of pitching and then tweaking the pitch and talking about it. Um, And it ended up, I have like a very like kind team, thankfully, who was like, look, we don't need to, even though I was on a really harsh deadline for this last one, Mm -hmm. it still was always with the caveat of like, don't, you know, don't like really hurt yourself with this. Like we can always push things, whatever. Um, But, you know, I wanted to try and make it since we finally like had the idea And then once I had it, it kind of poured out of me, which is great. Too much poured out of me, over 100,000 words, but we'll uh, (laughs) stuff some back in. As I told my editor when I sent it to her yesterday, I was like, I already am thinking about like what scenes to cut, but I won't take the scissors to it until I hear your input. So yeah, definitely book two. And I'm hoping, I know, I'm sure you both have heard about the book two curse. I foolishly thought it missed me because- as I mentioned, I've written other books before The Rosewood Hunt, but no one is spared. I don't think so. Honestly, I was <laughs> I was feeling, I'm not going to lie, I was feeling a little arrogant about my second book. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I wrote this book. I, I think I even told Melly, I was like, this is probably my favorite thing I've ever written. It's just so <laughs> But I and love it too. I <laughs> no, I mean, I have not to bag on it, but like I thought, oh. Angela wow (laughs) and and then I sent it off to my editor and then I was like oh wait oh oh, shit (laughs) and um and like it it hurt it really hurt it's really hard because you do come from having this clean book like you know done the Rosewood Hunt is done and so like you're thinking in your head like oh that's it like it should just be there it's not right it's time damn it right yeah. No, the arrogance was so real. I I mean, I didn't even write the book. And when I sent my book two pitches, I was like, bangers, every single one. Like, they're going to sign me on for like five. <laughs> and like, it was so humbling <laughs> in the kindest, most supportive way. <laughs> oh, man. Why are we like this? Maybe this is why <laughs> we <delivery>. have... <laughs> Maybe this is why as writers we have like such low days because there's days <laughs> when we're just like, I am the shit. <laughs> yes. Like honestly, I needed to be humble. <laughs> like I accept it. <laughs> Thank you for your service. So <laughs> though. I think that's it. Like you do need to be humbled every once in a while. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And like what you said, Melanie, that's probably why we do have such low lows because we are coming in high. Like we're like, damn, I'm going to get a deal. Like I am put a crown on my head. And then they're like, no, I'm down. Like cat knock off with the paw. Yeah. Like just knocking it off. The universe is just like, she hasn't learned yet. <laughs> Allow right. me to curse you with book two. <laughs> universe, I'm all set. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Please, universe, listen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, what has been the best part? Like, let's bring this back up. Let's get back to our era. <laughs> what has been the best part? I love, I mean... I'm sure everybody says this, but I love seeing reader responses. I definitely thought I would have had to like censor myself a little bit more about it um, because I'm so sensitive. 
But for some reason, I've been pretty good or, you know, even amidst any like not as great reviews, I've been able to kind of just be like, okay, like that's okay. <laughs> I'm a type nine peacekeeper. So I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like that's fine. You can think that. <laughs> um, but then the great ones have been so uplifting. And especially for me lately, and I, I've seen this on your videos too, Angela. So I'm sure like you feel the same when someone on TikTok or Instagram is like, I pre-ordered this book based off this video. I feel so, I feel like I'm in a Barnes and Noble and I just like handed them my book. Like I'm ready to be, I'm ready for retail. Like I'm ready to go. And it just feels so cool. Cause I think a lot of times people um, in like good ways try to be like, you know, don't burn yourself out on social media. Don't, you know, do too much. And I totally agree with that for anyone who's like uncomfortable with it or does easily get burnt out with it. And personally, I like it. And I like, I like it. I feel like I can tell you have fun with it too. You're always like dancing. <laughs> so it is fun. Um. So, but it's nice to know that, you know, people are paying attention and listening. And whenever someone says that, I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like, great. This is working. You did my like 300 views count. <laughs> they do count. And I think that's the thing like with social media and uh, Mel and I have talked about this before. It's like, some, you don't even realize who's watching too sometimes. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then like a random opportunity will come like seemingly from out of nowhere, but it's because they've been watching you mm. and right. seeing your hustle, seeing your joy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so like, I, that's kind of the shift I've had of like, I don't care about how many, mm. but just like who, you know, and remind, and reminding myself it's, it's humans that are watching, you yeah. know, Sometimes it's like invisible too. Like I've been getting DMS from people who are like, Oh, I've been following you since the start. And like, they mentioned my previous book that never sold that I would talk about. And I'm like, I had no idea you were here. And also thank you. So I, you know, people pay attention whether they say so or not. Mm, and I feel like the like I'm so grateful to those few people who do verbalize it in like right. in, in that way because for me those little checkpoints then I remember when the post gets no likes and no comments I'm like <laughs> but they're still watching you know like those yes. bless those people who verbalize it and encourage mm -hmm. us to, you know that like even if it's slow even if there's not much traction on xyz but yeah, somebody's going to pop in who knows when and be like, oh, I love you guys. I've been listening to the pod since the start. And I'm like, I didn't know you followed us. <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. No, I, and I'm the opposite where I see you guys all the time and I'm like, look at them go. And I probably need to say it more too in comments, but in my head, I see it. And I'm like, I love this guest. I love this. And as I told Angela, I was like, hoping I would get to be on <laughs> well I'm so glad you are <laughs> such a treat <laughs> it is a treat but yeah it's it's a good reminder because I think we all hustle on the we all hustle on the social media and it is a it is a beast of burden sometimes but yeah I think uh you both know how to have fun with it and it shows and yeah but that's like you have fun with it but uh, like let nobody be in denial about how hard people like you both work on social media because it's it's like a second job right <laughs> I feel like I like anytime I miss like a certain trend for like the Rosen hunt I'm like 
there it is there goes another sale or something you know (laughs) there is like this mentality of like being a hamster on a wheel all the time yeah it's like a weird balance right Mm -hmm. trying to remember to live and to you know be in the now but also it's like but I still want to be on here and making sure people don't forget the right. hunt is coming, everybody. Yeah, and so is Sinner's Isle. <laughs> That's right. See, we're out here just working already. Here we go. <laughs> Double <laughs> time. We don't stop. We don't stop. <laughs> well, I want to ask our favorite question, which is looking back at all you've accomplished, what advice would you give a younger version of yourself before you started this journey? I think I would tell myself to stop waiting for certain goalposts to think you deserve or even to do things. Um, Like even with TikTok, I obviously I've been on there for a long time now, but when I started, I had made the account and it just sat there for months. And I was like, because I was like, at first I was like, I don't have an agent. Like I can't make TikToks. What am I going to talk about? And then I was like, I don't have a book deal. Like I can't make TikToks. What am I going to talk about? And I just look back and I'm like, no, like you find things, you know, talk about writing or talk about your book to whatever you're comfortable with, of course. Mm-hmm. And I just wish, you know, I had felt that freedom of, I was so embarrassed at the time feeling like people would judge me or be like, who is this girl? Like, why should we listen to her? But nobody thinks that. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like our own imposter syndrome. And I think like for me, it was my own like nerve stopping me from, you know, starting earlier and same with writing. I think for a while, I just didn't think I could write a book. And then eventually you just do. (laughs) And it's like, you just need to like want it and finish it. It doesn't need to be good. Just do it. And, you know, you'll get there. That was beautiful. That was more inspirational than I meant. I, I ended with, you'll get there. And I was like, this isn't like a TED talk, but <laughs> that was good. Yes, I feel like, yeah, that question always brings out the answers that speak to my soul. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Because I think it's something that like a lot of us feel, I think, especially like, if you have a self-aware, most of us have a self-aware part. And like, you do feel that thing of like, oh, who am I to like my voice on a platform? Who am I to like write this book or whatever? But I think you're also right. You said like, it kind of just happened anyway. And I think if you're a creative, even if you're not like allowing it, these things bubble up out of us and we have to get them out. There's stories that want to be told. Even if I'm not trying to write, there's 20 stories in my head, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a good way to say it. It like bubbles up out of you. And it's like, yeah, I can't hold in it. (laughs) Sometimes Uh I have to get up mid writing because I can't even write fast enough. And I have to like pace, do a couple laps around my room and then like get the zoomies out and sit back down. (laughs) relatable (laughs) I know I I was thinking because today I've been writing all day or revising all day and Mm -hmm. I kept having to do that myself was just like (laughs) and just move your body because it's kind of hard on your body to just be sitting there Um, what what do you do for fun I'm I'm obsessed with this question what Mm -hmm. do you do I was thinking about it I was like I don't know (laughs) Um, I'm a big family girl so I feel like the best way to pull me away from writing is to like put me with my family and I have a very close family thankfully and we always we all live in the same city still so we always like hang out 
So I'd say anything with them. Um, usually it's just like random, you know, who wants to come over for dinner or like who wants to go on a walk and things like that. And then I love like little excursions, like going to farmer's markets or taking myself out to like, I'm getting so much better about doing things like on my own. Like I love doing things with people and friends, but it took me so long to feel comfortable. Like even walking into a store in the mall by myself and now I love it. So I love just taking myself out for a little treat. I love that and I do think that's such cherished time when you can like really enjoy your own company it's underrated taking out for a coffee or like a something yeah (laughs) yeah definitely I love that I love myself so I'm just (laughs) just walking (laughs) enjoying it thinking gosh Angela you're great so (laughs) and you should you are great you are (laughs) thanks I'm feeling extra cocky today for some reason I don't know why because the edits have been bad I think that's it I just I'm overcompensating today yeah. <laughs> that's okay you that's do what you got to yeah you yeah. have we all have enough low days that we should just enjoy the days when we're feeling like right. God gift to mankind so you just be bad and extra <laughs> extra <Yeah>. spicy <laughs> yeah. well I Absolutely. saw that extra spicy thank you I saw that on I think it was Courtney K's she did a reel and she was just like, why aren't we just nicer to ourselves? Mm-hmm. We just kind to ourselves. And I was like, ah, oh, why not? You know, yeah. well, we're great. We should be nicer to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see we have like a minute and a half left, which went by way too fast. Yes. Um, it's impossible. <laughs> um, but I'm honestly, I'm just so excited for this dang book to come out mm-hmm. on Halloween and um and just for the world to get to read your words and experience this world so congratulations seriously thank you thank you I'm so excited it it feels surreal and like I said I'm so excited to be debuting with you too and you're on your birthday too that's so exciting so party hard that day all of us extra hard I feel like it's got to boost sales surely like just use the birthday guilt (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. I'll just tell him it's your birthday too yeah Yeah. (laughs) everybody's birthday let's go let's go party it's been so great chatting to you today and yeah we're cheering for you so hard thanks for coming on thank you thank you for having me I had so much fun us too